Today's episode is brought to you by Gray Block Pizza. Gray Block Pizza. If you like sex, you're going to love Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a performance enhancement for the bedroom. Wouldn't you like to last longer and go extra rounds? BlueChew.com makes the first chewable with same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And at a lower price than those other two. Chewables can work faster than pills. Up to twice as fast. Think about not having an erection. Think about chewing on something. Now think about having an erection. It only takes a few minutes to fill out a form online. No doctor visit, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at a pharmacy. Ships directly to your door in discreet packaging. Blue Chew Chewables are prescribed online by a doctor and made in the USA. Blue Chew gives you confidence in bed every time. And here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code THEO. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com and use promo code T-H-E-O. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Ridge Wallet. Ridge Wallet. There have been moments in your life where you're standing around and you're like, oh man, my pants are so heavy in the back. Maybe it's because of this girthy, 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 fat, thick wallet I got. And people are looking at you and thinking, oh man, that guy got that six or seven pound wallet. Must be heavy, must be hard on his back, hard on his spine. Well, now you can change that all with the front pocket carry, the Ridge Wallet. It's a wallet that goes in your front pocket. You can keep your money, your credit cards, your identification, things that are very important. Get rid of all the drunk, downsize that butt hump. Change it up. No more of that back door, back deal. Get Ridge Wallet, that front pocket carry. Go to RidgeWallet.com slash TPW and use code HITTER at checkout for 10% off. That's code TPW for 10% off at RidgeWallet.com slash TPW. Go on ahead and get that front pocket carry. Today's guest is the author of The Wolf of Wall Street. I guess that's an autobiography. Um, He is notorious, I think is a good word to describe him. He also is the host of the Wolf's Den podcast, it is the Wolf of Wall Street, Mr. Jordan Belfort. What's the largest or most like uh, the largest woman you think you ever made love to? It's not even how large it was. Oh, and when I was high, I made love to a 240-pound woman with fucking beard, probably. Because when I'm on coke, I'll fuck anything or eat anything, and the uglier the better. But when I'm normally oh, yeah. sane, okay, um, it's not even how fat they are. It's the size of their ankles. Oh, really? If they have thick ankles, I, I couldn't get... There's no Viagra in the world that could do the trick. Now, is it is it intimidation, you think? Because, like, is it like my, my penis... Is it like the girth of kind of my penis won't be able to compete with that? No. No, it's not that. It, 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 let's just say that it might be that, like, four levels down. Right. But there's just something about the look of it that, I don't know, it just, it just fucking scares me. It's like, I feel like I'm... 
I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to sleep with the abominable snowman. I don't oh, know what it is. Like, does it feel like an impossible feat? Maybe yeah, I don't know. It just feels like they're just like uh, it's like I'm like, dude, <laughs> sorry, dude, yeah. fucking with a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even saying I'm right about it. Like, no, I'm not another, saying you're right. There's Look, a guy these... down the road who loves that. Yeah. It's just it's just a personal preference, you know. Oh, some guys get more into like yeah, some bigger guy- girls, you know, tougher girls. I like thin. I like the thin model type. Oh yeah, you know, whatever. It's all about you know. I guess back in the in the eighteen hundreds, used to like the heavier girls were more in because That means they were fed better. They were better bred. They were you know so for the Rubenesque. Yeah, I remember when I was young, I'd go to the library and instead of uh, this is before I got any good pornography, you know. Are we on the podcast yet? Because this is a pod. Yeah. Were we live? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're live. Oh, this is, dude, this is great. <laughs> this is fucking fabulous. This is the real us, right? Oh, yeah. Like I said, I have nothing to fucking hide. I'm t- I'll say anything. I'm glad that this is, I, shit, we're missing, I thought we were missing all this stuff. Because no, I think it's, because you know, listen, I think the problem nowadays is that people are scared to be honest. Right. And that fucking drives me crazy. Yeah. And, 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 I'm, and I'm being honest. You know, I said that about girls with, like, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm yeah. not saying they're less beautiful. I'm just saying to me, yes. everyone has their type. That's right. my, whatever reason, I've like, dropped on my head as a kid or who knows what happened. Maybe I did, couldn't get it up once with a girl like that and it deep wounded me forever. Or maybe I just don't like girls with fat, big ankles. You know? Yeah. But I, that's, the, that's the defining feature for me. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I don't know if I ever thought about like, do I have a, like, what is like a defining feature? Like, do, you have a, do you have a do not cross line for you with a girl? Or a guy, I don't. I don't judge men, dude. Yeah, no, I never been in. I never been in any kind of sex with a man or anything like that, dude. One time, me and this guy was doing a little bit of coke, but thankfully, I had to go to the airport, you know, because I thought things might have got a little wild. But I, I listen. Uh, I think. I think you if know. you're gay, I think you have a you have a maid. I think it's great. First of all, I, I I'm really social. I'm liberal like that, but I just think it's great because I love. Yeah. I love guys. I get along much better with guys. I just don't want to fuck them. Yeah. I wish it's like a gift if I did. It would be just play around in tennis and let's go fucking do. It'd be amazing. Oh, it'd be crazy. But I just don't like that. I mean, but I, I think it's awesome. But, but oh yeah, I think if guys, I mean, I've thought about that. Like, what if, yeah, you, you and your buddy are like just you know playing a game of hoops, and then you know Black Mirror. Do you all watch Black Mirror on Netflix? I haven't seen. It I haven't just, seen the new season. Okay, it was just, just came out right, and there's an episode about these two guys, two black dudes, right? And they're best friends, and one guy gives his friend like a, a present for his birthday, and it's just like you know next 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 generation artificial reality mm-hmm. where you put a little thing on your head and. You're actually in the game, and it's like an old one of these old karate games they used to play as, when they were like you know oh yeah in their twenties yeah, right yeah and and then you know you know with the kicking and punch right except now you're actually in the game and his best friend plays and it's the guy from who plays um um Red Wing from Iron Man from the from the Avengers it's him he's one of the actors who plays uh Robert Downey no no who plays Morgan the, Freeman no who plays the uh, Red Wing the uh, guy with the wings who flies around oh uh, black a great actor amazing actor um, not Don Cheadle who plays um who um Denzel Washington no 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 no, no. it's the name uh fuck not Swaggy P that he's not a basketball player is he no 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 it's the guy who plays Red Wing in um in the Avengers. Not, not the. Um, oh, I know who it is. Anthony Mackie. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in. Uh, yeah, he yeah. was in the movie about the plane crash with the football team. So yeah, so 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 um, dude, he's in this with another Marshall. guy, great, another great actor in this in this Black Mirror episode, and uh, and what happens is what, his friend plays in in the game. He's a girl, like a hot kung fu expert. Okay, and he's uh, just a, a young and young, like in their twenties, and he thinks that his friend gives him the gift. They think they're gonna start fighting. 
And they start fucking. They start, his friend just goes and kicks, starts fucking. Wow. And they fall in love inside the video game. And Meanwhile, but they're men on the outside that yeah. aren't in love. And on the inside, they're man and woman yes, that are and then, in love. And then the guy, it starts to fuck up because he's happily married with a kid. Mm-hmm. And starts fucking up his sex life because he falls in love in the game with this artificial girl. So he, he cuts it off and his friend is devastated, his whole fucking thing. And, they, and, he, and then they, you know, whatever, they separate because he can't deal with it, right? Because his wife thinks he's having an affair. Yeah. And oh. and then finally he separates out from the whole thing. And finally, six months later, they get back together, and he has a big fight with the guy. And his wife's like, "What's what's going on? What's going on?" I and he it. finally comes clean with his wife. And the and then the black mirror thing ends with his wife going out on a date with some other guy in a bar, and him, but like, he's agreed, and he's having sex with her. Like they have a, a, one week a month, they get to fuck that little dalliance, you know? Be out and about. There you go. Did you uh? Do do you think the UFC would be cool if after somebody beat somebody they had to insert themselves into it? <laughs> I don't think so. I, not. I think it would be pretty tough. If it was a forcible insertion because I think we call that rape. But I think it was. A, but it, it would be agreed upon agreed before upon they enter the yeah, ring. Well, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a different type of sport. You know. You think you'd have think different types of fighters? You are a sick fuck, by the well, way. Look, your I brought mind my goes, sick. I'm worried about you because your mind goes. I wish I would have thought of that myself. I'm fucking envious and right. Level, that's what but, I'm saying. You uh, don't bring. Uh, you, you you're bring, taking shit up another level. Level here, you know. Bro, you bring your sick fuck to a sick fuck fight you know what i'm saying dude you just put a gun to a fucking sword fight with that <laughs> yeah, one, that, bro motherfucker oh bro if i'm talking to you i'm bringing a, a red How's penis to a butthole okay, fight it up you feel me yeah. but do you well, think i'm saying my wife honey whatever it is now is off limits it's like i didn't really mean it is it was nothing it's a fucking different guy acting keep going nah. I don't do you um do you think that it would be a different type of sport what what's the next <laughs> level of sport that you think you see do you start to oh, hunger games i think obviously do you well, I think like in, in society. Oh, really in society? Yeah. Good question. The next level up from UFC? You know, here's the thing. On, on some level, I loved the first UFC when there was no rules, no weight classes, nothing barred except basically, I, I think you could do almost anything but gouge someone's eyes out. Maybe you yeah, could or tickle. That, or tickle, right? One or the other, right? I don't know which one is worse if you're ticklish. But that would be, that, to me, that was pretty fucking cool. But people, they, they were... They were saying it was like combat, it was gladiators that they yeah. made it illegal. So it was very smart on the part of the UFC to sort of sanitize the sport by putting weight classes on and certain rules and guidelines to make it not a fucking free throw. But I kind of liked the free throw. The problem was was that it turned out that Brazilian jiu jitsu just trumped everything. Mm. So the guy, so if you went into the ring knowing Brazilian jiu jitsu, you just fucking choke a guy You're out. Win. Say, yeah, you right. know, yeah. So that was the problem. So they eventually had to have some differentiators. Well, not only that, but they but also people skilled up. In other words, it happened was people came in like, I'm a great boxer. I'm a great like taekwondo guy. It didn't matter if you knew jiu-jitsu, you just fucking, you, you submission hold someone, right? Right. But once, but then you could not become maybe quite as good as the next guy, but good enough to defend against it. And if you were great at boxing, you can these people get knocked out with boxing. So that became, you know, that, so I think it was more than the weight classes that changed that made it more interesting was like sort of the idea that you could defend against jiu-jitsu if you had a basic level of proficiency, you know? Right. Did you ever, uh, did you ever take any... Like uh, boxing or martial arts? Were you ever? In, I did, but not things? not sir. I did, yeah, I did as a kid, but it wasn't called that. I wrestled in college. Okay. Um, I took some karate. Never got past like a yellow belt or something. It wasn't oh, my, yeah. I, yeah, but I wrestled pretty seriously. So. Okay. Did you? Whenever you went to prison, did you feel like? Would, did you when when you were going in there? Did you have a thought in your head like, shit? I wish I knew oh. a little more self defense. Just because. Nah, that was no. Because I what, what happened was with, with jail prison. Sorry, jail. No, it's both. No, no, no. The, the, the jail is referred to like as a short term local, local, and prisons. Like when you go off where I went, it was actually to prison, 
right? So yeah. where, where you actually go with federal and it's longer, right? So I, I was, like I was sleep not sleepaway camp. Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends. I was lucky, right? And I went to a place that was had no violence or anything. So it depends on how many. It's a point system, right? I was a first time offender with zero, almost like as low points as you can get. Um, so there was no chance I was going somewhere where there would be physical violence, and there was never physical violence. So and I knew, and I knew that going in. Wow. Yeah. So you, did you think like what was your biggest looking back on jail? What's something that you probably missed the most? You think being in jail? Yeah. Um, I have one thing that I, listen. Tommy Chong was my bunkmate. Yeah. And he's actually coming to my podcast tomorrow. Tom oh, really? Chong. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I used yeah, to see him at the gym sometimes. Important. We used to have the same trainer Amazing for a little bit. Amazing guy. He's a great guy. I love him. But, yeah, but I think maybe there's only one thing of, about jail that it was not that it was great. It was the fact that I had nowhere to go but up. In other words, I was at a point, it was an absolute bottom low. And there's some power in, in a low if you know you're the sort of person that is going to come back from that. So... Mm-hmm. Far worse is the time before jail when you're waiting to go and you can't restart your life. So it was like being there was almost this cleansing period of your spirit, your soul, uh, not so much your body, but I guess your body. I worked out like a maniac and got in amazing shape. Prison jacked or yeah. prison big. Oh my God. I was, well, now I was, you ripped, just fucking ripped, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I taught myself to write when I was in prison. So I made the most out of my time, but I think I missed that feeling of, of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I was so anxious to come out, like you're know, looking forward to it that. I get started. Yeah, you're ready to get started. Mm-hmm. It's like a kind of like a horse in the gate. Yeah. Do you do you feel like while you're in there that like does it feel like you can't? Uh, do you feel like you have apologies to make? Do you feel like you or do you kind of do all that stuff before you go away to prison? Like apologies if, to whom? the people that you love or people you don't know. Or which anybody? One? Like yeah, like if there's any like. Um, you know, oh, I had a long time to prepare. It wasn't did. like that. Yeah, I had years to prepare. Um, although you're never going to be fully prepared. But of course, when I was there, I mean, you know, I think there's two two things can happen in prison zone. You could go into prison and, and like make it a gladiator school where you come out even a bigger criminal because you, hey, okay, well, this is what I am. I'm an associate with this. Or you can use it, as I did, as a period to learn and grow and, and, and uh, get stronger, emotionally stronger, physically stronger through just my, all the exercising. But, um, but really, I came out a, a far stronger person in terms of emotionally and also skill sets. I, I taught myself an incredibly valuable skill, which was to write. Mm. And that served for everything that came after it. Yeah. And so do you feel like – because, I mean, obviously, you would you consider yourself like one of the most like n- notorious uh, salesmen? Well, not really. No, I wouldn't. No, no, no I wouldn't. Uh, I think before 2008, I would say yes. But once you know everyone realized what was really going on on Wall Street, I I started to say, well, you know, okay, well, I I'm not gonna I wouldn't say that there's no there's no it doesn't make what I did less bad, but I didn't bankrupt Iceland or Greenland or or, or, or Greece, right? And I did not do what Bernie Madoff did, and I do think there are levels of apps. Nothing is black and white. So while what I did was wrong for sure, and I don't I don't try to minimize that. It what paled into comparison is what happened in the global financial crisis with things like Lehman Brothers and Goldman Sachs, where they literally bankrupted the world economy almost. Were you people, envious at all of those people, like uh, a little bit? You know, no, that wasn't. Not to, that I would have been envious ten years earlier, but at that point, I had completely changed my value system, mm. and I felt more like I felt more like you see, not that I'm a, not a bad guy. I wasn't a bad guy back then, but I always said this. 
It wasn't like a see. I knew this was going to happen for years and years. I knew what was going on. Uh, and I wrote about it in my book in 2006 or something or seven, right? I wrote about it much before that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, but it wasn't like I, it, it just, to me, it was more about like, you know what? And there you have it. Um, and, and even then, it wasn't like most of Wall Street was bad. Wall Street's a weird place. You know, things get magnified. One little thing that wouldn't have much impact on the outside world has a massive impact on Wall Street, you know? Right. So, do you, uh, is Wall Street even a place where people like, can the, can the mom and pop person, somebody sitting at home, like a regular guy, is there still any real opportunity for people like that in, in the stock market? 100% there is. Very simple. Take your money and put it in a fixed fund that you just, they just invest in the S&P and don't buy it or sell it. It's a, it's a, an, an electronically traded fund where you know, there's no buying and selling, no commissions, they're just matching the S&P. That's where Warren Buffett puts his money. So that's where I put mine. That's where I recommend you put yours. Do you uh, do you ever like long for the days of like um, like I mean you know you watch Wolf of Wall Street right and so do you ever long for some of those like is there anything you miss the most about like that? It seemed like there was such a sense of camaraderie even in some of those oh, sales yeah, yeah, rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, I'm I have that now again, um, and it's a thousand times better. Mm. The mistake that I made. Is you, you know you, you before you linked up and didn't really really dive you linked up sales and being evil and they're just complete unrelated elements. In other words, my, I am one of the greatest salesmen ever in history, and I created a sales system, a way of training salesperson that allowed that insanity to happen. Right. But that was neither good nor bad. It's you know it's like a, a powerful weapon. You either use it for good. Or it could be a mother in her house and five, you know, rapists come in to kill her and her kids, and she, well, that gun's a really great thing with use being used very justly, right? Right. So you could use, or you could use it from a bell tower and knock out innocent civilians on the ground, right? Any powerful weapon or any powerful instrument can be an instrument for good or, or evil. Mm-hmm. There's no absolute. So sales is exactly like that. If you're a great salesperson using sales and persuasion ethically, then you're getting people who need things and have certain lacks in their life. You're helping them fill those needs elegantly so they can live a better life. If you're right. A, so you were a powerful weapon for sales. I was. And, and when I was in my 20s, I didn't use that ethically always. Right. And now I would never do anything but everything about mm. my life is about ethics, and it, and 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 which is why now I have that, and it feels a million times better. Uh, so you get because so, there's some actual inner reward. But that was it. my mistake. It was a, an error of, of not judgment. Just it was something I had it wrong. And those, my definition of success back in my twenties was about how, how much money can I make? Of course, power, some of that's yeah. natural. Yeah, and and and, have, and then I learned. From, and I, I learned the hard way. Many people don't have to learn quite as hard a way as I do, but I learned the hard way. That's not the truth. Now I have a much healthier outlook mm. on it, so I use the gifts I had in the system I created for the exact opposite, you know, reasons which are reasons of good. Do you feel like the like your ability to be a great salesperson or the ability to uh, to articulate to um, to lead to control? Um, I don't want to say like to deceive, but to to. Do you feel like influence to influence? Yeah. The, do you feel like that those are like you were born with those things? Yes. Or do you feel like those are things that you that you learned? Yes. They're yeah. both yes to both. So I was born in the same way that Michael Jordan um, or LeBron James in their universe is what they do better than anyone in the world. I was born with a inner you know the skill given from God or nature, whichever one you believe, right? And then through years of practice and repetition, I honed that to near perfection. Mm. Um, so I think, and I think that's true of everyone. We're all born with certain skills, and either we can develop them or not. The good news is with, with selling is that you can 
learn, you can become good enough at it so it never holds you back in your life. I'm not saying I could turn you into me, but I can certainly take someone who is having problems where, where they, they communicate. Let's not even use sales. Let's just say communication, their communication, ability to, yeah. to make their thoughts, their ideas, their hopes, their dreams known to other people in a way that lets them say, I get it, I want to be part of it. If you lack that one skill, it's really hard to succeed in life because you know, you're almost like a one-person army. So you have all these amazing people out in the world that have these great ideas. They could have these amazingly bright, brilliant, high-level lives, but they live a small life and a far less expansive life than they could because they, they lack this ability and they know it. And their brain says, you know, I don't really want to go put myself out there because I don't feel comfortable. So I probably won't even succeed anyway. So they downregulate their life. They lower their own personal standards. Mm-hmm. And they live a life that's not really as great as it could be. And I think that's the beauty of what I do is I is the system I created really helps. I mean, it really helps people. Did you see somebody in when you were young in your life that had that or something that made you think like, you know, in hindsight, like looking back like um – Oh, that's not what I want. Or they, they, they're they're cornered by this affliction of their inability to like own their own potential mm. or to. Of course, my parents. They had that. Yes, in, in space. My parents. So my parents. I grew up in a lower middle class. Parents were brilliant, hardworking, education, educated, employed, and broke. Mm. That's like and I was like, mother. what the fuck? I'm like, oh, what? what's missing from this? I don't get it. Was how my could, mother there? <laughs> I said, how could people be so smart, so hardworking, so industrious, so loyal, so educated, and have no money? And the answer is, A, they were risk-averse, completely mm. risk-averse, depression-era mentality. And second, they thought that selling was evil. They thought that it was inherently evil. And because of that, that's your belief, then you will shy away from anything that makes you, you know, maybe even put you in that box of being deemed as a salesperson. So, they, so because of that, they were both CPAs, they never tried to sell their skills mm. to other people. They worked for other people. They were cogs in a wheel. Fortunately, I made my dad very wealthy. He worked for me, and, and, um, and then things ended up well for them. But if it wasn't, they would have never lived the lives they were really, in terms of, you know, and, and by the way, yeah, and live the lives because without money, life's fucking hard to live. Yeah. Especially when you're older. I mean, you know, Social Security is enough to pay for your diapers when you're really old. You know what I'm saying? So they were able to, um, you know, put away a lot of money and, and, and be okay. Did they change? You think like their mentality and stuff changed as they saw you start to make more money? Do you think it adjusted? Absolutely not. Right. No. Do you think it adjusted their worldview or something? At no, all? no. They were so, to this very day, they're still alive. My dad's 88 years old, my mom's 86. Um, and they still live in the same two bedroom apartment, which they rent for 60 fucking years. All <laughs> right. They have the same telephone number, the same mailbox, the same fucking parking spot, the same mural on the wall. I just saw it in Mad Men reruns. Okay. It's like unfucking believable. And they have a lot of money and they reupholstered. It's clean as a whistle. It's reupholstered. It's nice. It's like the fucking Wonder Years. I'm going back. Is this the guy from the Wonder Years? <laughs> it's like, what? but you know, that's my parents, and I love them. They're beautiful, amazing people. But, but that's that, their belief system creates that sort of outcome for them. Did they? Um, did they like Wolf Wall Street when it came out? They loved it. They did. You know, my dad just died because obviously he became, you know, yeah. Per- you know, listen, you ain't lived until you've been in a fucking Scorsese movie, right? So my dad, uh, you know, was portrayed very vividly. My mother, not not so much because she wasn't involved in the business. 
And uh, he was he was just like that though. He was like a force of nature, my dad. Like people people were terrified of him, yeah. you know. Which is great for me. Do you long, do you miss that time in your twenties? Like, do you miss like? Uh, I mean, obviously, we all miss like the youth of it and stuff. But is there like? Um is there anything about like just like the debauchery it seemed like you could have back then, even just in the times it was? Like yeah, now yeah, we yeah. can't even have that much fun. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, no doubt about it, right? You like, can it have seemed much... like you guys could probably kill somebody. And Almost, be... you know. Yeah, we can hang them out a window. Just don't drop them, or if you drop them, you had to pay some damages. You know. Yeah. Um, different world, different rules, and in some ways it's a lot better, and in some ways it's a lot worse, right? Um, I, my assistant back then, her real name was Mona. Mm-hmm. We still keep in touch. About a year ago, I was doing an event in New York, and Mona came just to you know, you know, for old time's sake. And we had this high end dinner, some high end, um, just like you know, people that pay extra for tickets, right? And she sat there during the dinner, and she's like, says, you know, guys, I want to just tell you this whole Me Too stuff. She goes, you girls don't know what you're missing. We had so much fun. There wouldn't be one girl at work because it was never. See, there's a difference in sexual harassment mm-hmm. and sexual promiscuity. There was, if you was harassed, you'd be fucking. You would no, no one was getting harassed in my. You know, I'd fucking throw him out. My father would probably shoot him. Okay, none, yeah. There was none of that going on. If someone was harassed, if they that guy, the guys would beat. It. it wasn't like it was respect, but everyone was fucking everyone under the desks in the coat closets. It was yeah. fucking insanity. It was just wild shit. Coco's in the in the fucking basement, and, and I'm. Not even kidding no, you. it's fine. I no, like it was, that. it was real, and they all loved it. Yeah. But, but if but it was, if you didn't want to partake, you were not pressured or bothered. That was like the healthy version of that. I don't right. think the casting couch couch was. It wasn't like you'd go to Stratton and say, "I don't want to spread my legs." So, oh, sorry. Well, you can't, or you're going to be a lower level. No, it didn't fucking matter. Right. Either you did it because you wanted, or you're not. We loved you either way. Yeah. It wasn't part. It was more enough to partake. It was just part of your personality. And it was, and it was, and it was good to have both pe- types of people there. But no one judged. It was just a wide. It was a fucking circus, right? That's very different than a woman who's going to Hollywood back in the 90s and has to fuck some fat motherfucker or else she can't yeah. get to, That's fucked up. Yeah. And that had to stop, and I'm glad it has stopped. The problem is, is there's lots of gray in between those two places. And, and, and what happens with any woman, not just this, whether it's communism in the late 50s, like the Reds, it's always, it polarizes right. to one place until it eventually normalizes. So my hope is, is that it, it settles back to a level that has all the things that it should have been the Me Too movement yes. and not the idiocy and insanity that it so often projects out to the world when 99% of the people in the movement would not want that. They would like it to be just middle. and fair in the middle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That people have their voice, that the people that fuck up should be you know, uh, dealt with, yeah. but innocent people shouldn't suffer. And also what you did 38 years ago between two people, I have a tough time with that, and less there's proof. But that's just me. Do you still have people that reach out from the past? They feel like you owe them money or you no. owe them debts or never. anything like that? Never. Nothing. No. 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 Never. Do you ever feel like? Um, do you ever feel like a sense of like remorse or anything like that still, or or like do you ever feel like karma has like some weird plan for you or Mm-mm. something like that? It is the plan. Yeah. Karma is a right, bitch. This is the plan. This is the plan. Right. And it's a good plan. It's a just plan. And I think that, uh, listen, you know, there's a lot of people who did worse things than me, and I did a lot worse things than other people. I think um, on some level, I just had an ability to write about them really well, mm-hmm. and it was it struck a chord in, in, in people in Hollywood, and uh, and I'm not trying to minimize that my life was no, insane. No, it was, it was look, insane, sure, but, look, but we all know that there are lots of crazy people out there. I, I think part of it was that the, the thing about my life that I think really, when you get down to it, why it became a cult hit the movie. A, because Scorsese is amazing. 
Right. Because he just is. Yeah. He just is amazing. And somehow, who knows what the fuck he does. Somehow, he has a way of doing things that just... No one else could do what he does in, in his domain, right? Yeah, he's got big butts. He's got Leonardo DiCaprio. Not that even that. It's not even, I, I think it's it beyond hurt. that. No, it doesn't hurt. I think it's beyond that. Um, he has a talent. That's, that's how many, how long he's going. I agree. It's just a talent he has for, for telling a story in a certain way where other people could not do it as well. Yeah. So that was lucky on my part. I chose Leo. That was my choice. And that's pretty obvious. Why not? Because Leo's fucking Leo. He's great, right? He's and as you know, as I always say, it's better than Danny DeVito. No disrespect. Yeah, I yeah, love Danny too, but you know, different. Danny would have been a different deal. <laughs> right, right, yeah. He would have had a stroke in the first <laughs> yeah, right, two minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but the but the, the 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 truth is, is that you know, in terms of what happened, is that I made all these disempowered kids into superstars. Mm. And that's what connects with people all over the world. The reason young people love the movie, it's not just the, the insanity of this or that. It's that people came in that were, had no real chance for success, didn't believe they were successful. And you turn them around. And, they just, and it was a place where you would go and transform into this person of power and live out your dreams. And that's fucking Did sexy. you ever help out a guy that ended up being like a gay guy and he tried to give you a BJ to like like show you how much he cared? Like that kind of thing? Because that seemed like something that could happen. Because mm -hmm. if, Do you know, you know... I like it seemed like if you empowered somebody so much, they uh, would uh, feel like... I'll tell you what. I, I don't know whether to be insulted or not. I have never ever been approached by a gay person to have to I, I'm, I'm a little bit offended by that yeah because I, I was walking through the airport the other day and I, 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 no one ever tried to have like I was like am I not good looking enough for something <laughs> or like no sir, I'm not even fucking around yeah. like, I wonder why I don't give off I guess I don't give off at that vibe and I think they, they know and, and I, I don't think I think yeah susceptible is a vibe I think also like a gay man would go for a, another gay man and, or they would go for a they, straight they man that gaydar, seems right? they call it having gaydar right yeah I, I guess I don't give off the right vibe I, I, or maybe I'm just not good looking enough I feel bad about that a little bit but you know I guess it's good because I'm not gay yeah although I wish <laughs> I, was, I wish I was but it's fucking awesome yeah do you think gay guys have more fun than straight guys I think they do. Overall? I think so. Yeah. That could be a stereotype that, that it's built in, but I, I think I, I think that on someone's logical, I think guys are just fucking hornier. Yeah. So then two guys would probably oh, be yeah. hornier than a guy. It just makes sense that it would be. Yeah. You know? But who knows? What was the name? What was the reason for uh, uh, Stratton Oakmont? What was the reason for the name? Uh, nothing sexy. I just I just um, bought a company. It was called Stratton Securities, and then that company had a, like a, a like an old uh, lawsuit against that could have come back. So I had to change the corporate entity. I found another company called Oakmont. Mm -hmm. they, I merged the two together. So I bought it and then became Stratton Oakmont. That was just how it happened. Has there been like, because it has like, because after that, I feel like people started to take like, okay, it has to have this many syllables to be successful. I mean, they broke down every single thing that you did. Of course. And by the way, it, don't think for a second that when I was, I could have, I could have changed the name of Stratton to XYZ Securities. And I was like, well, this is convenient. It's a great fucking name. Because yeah. you would want a name that instills confidence and so forth, right? But that was just the luck of the draw. But I, I would have changed it for sure. I was keenly aware that when I merged Stratton Securities into Oakmont, that Stratton Oakmont sounded better than Stratton. Security. But it was just luck that it right. happened. But you could change. You can pick any name you want. You just form a corporation or change to a corporate name to it. Do a DBA even doing business as, and you could change. You could use any name. Do you? Is there? A, are That's there not a, trademarked, right? 
are there a lot of uh are there a lot of like sh- you feel like shady business people that reach out to you to try to get insight or try to get information you, no doubt about are it. you able to detect that yes. these days my wife's the best at that oh she's really unfucking believable she's got like a a 12th cent. She's like, cause she's beyond the sixth cent. She's really good. Oh at yeah. That. She's a watchdog. She's my partner. Bitches be sensitive. She's my, she's my partner. And she has this like a radar. She shoots out and she knows I'm very careful. Like I, um, you know, I can tell pretty quickly what's, you know, what someone's at. And I'm, and I'm, listen, and I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker myself because I, I like to believe in stuff and I have, I'm open to being sold to. I'm an easy person to sell to, but I, if someone's That's like so funny, yeah, if someone's not legitimate, I can tell pretty quickly. Yeah, but uh, and, and would you still like work for some of those types of people? Like, or if some, no. if a company reached out to you and you felt like it was extremely never, unethical, never, you'd I, say, I have, look, um, I haven't. I've walked away many times, even if the money's good. I've walked away from hundred thousand a day. Wow, many times. And do you uh, are there companies out there, or businesses out there that? you know uh susceptible or gullible people even like myself like you just said like for some reason like even though sometimes i feel like i'm smart i also feel like i'm gullible different the different things so one so i could be both you're saying of course so one has to do you know one has to do with your intelligence and your experience and the other is your decision making strategy so there's certain people well you know we you know you make you don't realize it but we all make decisions based on these parallel movies you run we say if i take action what's my best possible outcome what's my biggest pain if I'm right, this happens. If I'm wrong, you get it. If this guy tries to sell me this shit, if I if he's telling the truth, what's my best outcome? And if he's full of shit, what's the worst that can mm. happen? That's how human beings make decisions. And, if, and what happens with people like myself, who are easy to sell to, and you seem to be the same way, the movie I run on the positive side is really long and robust. I'll be like, oh, this will great. If he's right, this will be there. I'll be, I'll be on the 18th hole of Augusta fucking yeah. victory from this stupid golf contraption I bought. Right, and my negative downside movie, I'll run it, but eh, well, I'll lose forty dollars, no big deal. Right. I blunt the negative movie, and I run, I run out the positive. It's called future pacing. My dad, who's the fucking hardest person <laughs> in the world, so he would run the same two movies, but he'll run the really short positive movie. He'll be like, oh yeah, maybe it'll work, but fuck it. Oh, but I give the guy forty, he'll steal my fucking credit card information. I'll fuck it up. My golf scene will get worse. I'll when I put the fucking thing, it'll break. I'll, I'll, so people think I'm an idiot. And they run out this, before he's done, this $149 purchase has him living in a box <laughs> on the fucking street, and he'll never recover. Wow. That's why we have different, some, and the, those latter people are called high action threshold people, meaning that the level of certainty mm-hmm. that they need to be at about something, before they, I'm, I'm really certain that I'm right about this decision, they have to get a very high level of certainty versus someone like me or you, I could be, just like, man, it sounds good, I'll buy it. Yeah. That's why. Hmm. Excuse me, I got to interrupt this episode here. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is a therapist. Therapy. It's professional and affordable counseling. You can get matched with the counselor who's right for you. I've used BetterHelp.com, and it's a way where, you know, if you're on the run, you're on the go, you're on the lam, you just can't get to a therapist and you need one. Well, now you can have one in your pocket. And not only is it one you could text or talk on the phone to, but you can also have a FaceTime appointment with them. There are four communi- there are four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. Start communicating in under 24 hours. You must be 18 or older. Available worldwide. Schedule video and phone sessions. Easy to change counselors if needed. Financial aid is available. Sign up at BetterHelp.com slash Theo today. That's BetterHelp.com slash Theo 
today. If you need help and you're not sure about going into a therapist, it could be awkward, it could be uncomfortable, uh, this is a place uh, that you might want to check out, betterhelp.com slash Theo. And also, today's episode is brought to you by Uncommon Apothecary. CBD used to be the central business district, but now it's from the hemp plant. And unlike its sister, that marijuana, CBD contains less than 0.03% THC, meaning you won't get high, but it'll stop you from feeling low. Also, it's been shown to alleviate depression as well as pain and inflammation. Unlike many so-called CBD products on Amazon and other online shopping sites, all UA products are third-party tested to ensure quality and consistency, and the results are posted right on the site. Best of all, it's legal without prescription in all 50 states. Also, Uncommon Apothecary has pet formulas, so your best friend and you can take it together. Hmm. Head on over to ua-cbd.com today and use code THEO at checkout to receive 15% off for this past weekend listeners and see why thousands are switching from prescriptions to a more natural alternative. Also, make sure to sign up for monthly deliveries of Uncommon Apothecary so you are never out when you need it and save an additional 10% off. For every item purchased, Uncommon Apothecary will donate $1 to local homeless shelters. Go to ua-cbd.com today and use code THEO at checkout to receive 15% off. Do you feel like there uh, are there products out there or things you've gotten involved in um, that that are, are that are, are there products out there right now or, or things that are being sold out there right now that would be the number one things that you would tell people to stay away from? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, like Bitcoin and fucking cryptocurrencies. Yeah, that, that that's my opinion. I mean, at least to you as a salesperson, that seems like a fucking racket. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I don't think block not blockchain technology. Right. The inflationary aspects of cryptocurrency are a joke to me. It just makes no sense. It serves no purpose. And I said that at 20,000, you know, and I still say it now. And I'll, you know, and listen, you know, that's just my opinion. And that's not the only thing. There's many things out there. The world is full. There's people out there who sell sales training programs who are so terrible. Like, they're, they're terrible salespeople. Their stuff makes no sense. It's idiotic. And you know what? They market their way to success. So mm-hmm. they, yeah, they're really good marketers, but they don't know the first fucking thing about sales training or selling. They're very different things, marketing and selling, sales, right? right? So um, Are we in more of a, a, a period now where sales is stronger or marketing is stronger overall, you feel they're like? Always, the both are always required, um, but we live in an in a area where, and in a time right now, where you could sell through curated video. In other words, you can carefully manage what you put out to the world by a person could sit in front of a camera and do 25 takes in front of a camera to get his tonality and his message just right and follow a script, put that person in a real-world sale that'd fall apart in two mm. seconds, right? So you find some unscrupulous people out there who use videos to sell products and other shit when if it was being sold without that, okay? But the good news is those people, I believe it's not sustainable and that people will eventually- Adapt and will learn. figure out sooner or later, right? Um, what, and, but also what, the same token, you can also do that. The same thing I just said can be used for good. Right. 
You can do the same thing. You can be terrible at persuasion and learn how to do that and sell things and make a lot of money and help people too. Yeah. What are products like if people ring your phone that you'd be like, oh, these are things, this is not something you should probably or see. Any donation to charity. Okay. Any, any single donation to charity. I'm talking like, uh, I never want to say any. 99.999% right? right? Fire cats. Total yeah, somebody's scam. like, oh, these cats have been in fires and they're like. Total, it's, I'll tell you the scam. Money's going to charity, 5%. Right. 95% is going in the pocket of the people who created people with telemark. It's number one. Any type of thing that has to do with medication on the phone, mm -hmm. okay? It's being made in China. It sucks and they'll never fucking stop calling you once they get your number until you change it. So those things I would never certainly do. Um, you know, listen, I, I'm a big believer that um, if you get that feeling in your gut that something seems off, you're probably fucking right. Right. Yeah, I can notice that. Even if I'm leaving a place and I feel like I forget something sometimes, I'm like, every time I don't check, I'm always right. I get somewhere like, fuck, I forgot something. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there that um, you, you got to be careful. And... It's good that to understand what causes you to make certain decisions, and once you know, you could almost empower you to make better decisions. You know, do you? Is it tough to, to navigate since you like have such a you know a, a long time of like doing business and business acumen and sales acumen? Is it tough to like like emotionally when you get into like relationships and stuff? Is it tough to separate how you navigate those two things? It's a really good question. So you know, my my second wife. She, different wives many months ago. She used to say to me, you know, of all the reasons I hate you, and I hate you for so many fucking reasons, mm. the one reason I hate you more than all, trumps them all, is that when we would argue, and when we'd have disagreed, you were just so fucking persuasive. I'd say, okay, I guess, and and I was actually, turns out I was right, but you were so fucking good at persuading, I just always gave in. It turns out I was right. She goes, that just drove me fucking crazy. And I always say when I teach the system, I teach this uh, called the straight line. I say, don't straight line your fucking wife. You know what I'm saying? Because right. it doesn't always lead to a happy ending. You know yeah. I mean? Just because you can just persuade someone, don't always do it, you know? Do you feel like your first wife or your second, like uh, you're on your third wife now? Mm. You're, this is your third marriage, sorry. Not on your third wife, but... Um, I hope I'm on her as much as possible. I know, huh? Because I love her and she's beautiful, so. Do you... Uh, do you miss like your first wife ever? My first wife was an angel. She was. She was an angel. She was an angel, and um, and you probably went into that making. Was it different? You making those decisions? Like, were you more the, like? It was the same me, but she was just. I was twenty two, and uh, you know, I just um, I loved her to death. She was gorgeous, far more. I mean, much. I mean, the girl was actually pretty in the movie, but but she was down. They made her look not as pretty, but uh, she was a beautiful girl. Uh, sexy, not not tremendously intelligent. Like that was mm -hmm. her thing. You know, she was a hairdresser, but she was really nice, good, a good heart. And I, I fucked her. I just fucked her over. Yeah. I did. I did. I, I, um, I went through a time in my life. I don't think any woman at that moment of my life would have been enough because I wasn't enough for myself, right. and I was looking for an answer outside myself. So I would always, you know, I mean, I did my best dating after I married her. So hmm. it's probably not a good thing. What was like some of the hardest things to hide, like when you were running around and being, because I've been a philanderer, you know? Hmm? What was like some of the tough things, like, uh. Yeah. Let, me, but let me just out loud, but, but I would never want to be with her versus the, my current wife. Right. So my current wife represents the best of everything. Right. I, I don't say that I'm dead, no, but it's the truth, though. So, but the point was, I just, she was an angel of a human being, though. Yeah. That's why.
Was it tough running like as your as life started to get more heightened, you started to get more money? I mean, with more money, obviously more opportunities came around. There were more women around. To say the least. Like, did it get crazy? Like hiding things? Like from it must have gotten bizarre, huh? Hiding things from who? My second. Hiding wife? things from your from first wife. Your first wife. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, but I didn't do a great job of it always, you know. And I, I think that uh, I mean it was, it was it was it was insane. I mean, yeah. I went from being a guy that. It's like my part, my junior partner, Danny. He's like, "Hey, let's go into the city." I'm like, "It's Tuesday, Danny. It's Tuesday night. I would never do. I'm a married guy." Like, I was like, "Why are you fucking crazy?" He hated his wife always. I loved my wife in the beginning. Right? Is he still married to her? Or no? Oh no, no fucking way. They were first cousins. The two. <laughs> they must killed each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were first cousins. That's great, dude. They, they, I never met a woman that hated a man as much as Nancy hated Danny. She That's fucking hilarious. hated the guy. Anyway, um, oh my god, she really hated him. But um. In the beginning, I was like, I'm not going to the city. And then I, one day I went in. Within two months, it was like four nights a week in the wow. city. I'm very suggestible, you know. And um, I didn't do a very good job of handling wealth, success, and fame the first time around. I did not do a good job of it. I didn't. I, I, uh, I, it didn't change who I was. It made me more of what was ready to come out, which was I, I could not handle having unlimited money, carnal opportunity, all of a sudden, every girl was like, it was like, whoa, it was like every adolescent fantasy being at my fingertips. Right now, you know, nowadays I would just, I laugh at the whole thing. I respect it and I yeah. enjoy it and I use it to empower myself and other people, but I never like, it's not just an in the movie came out, it didn't change me in any way, but for the better. Did and you ever hire, like, have you ever been so high on cocaine where you couldn't have sex, you know, but you hired other people to have sex? Like you paid some people to fuck or not, you think? Well, let me just. The first answer, like probably every time I took cocaine. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Remember, I know remember? one guy, Sam Tripoli, he's been on this podcast, and he's Dude. like notorious for being able to fuck on, on cocaine. Without Viagra. Oh, yeah. So this is before People Viagra. would pay him to come over when he was on cocaine and fuck somebody they knew. Like, he was like before, the guy. I, on, that's amazing, because when I took cocaine, it's like, you know, it's like oh, fucking, yeah. holy Christ. Oh, it was like Punxsutawney but, Phil, dude. But, 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 and this is true, I'd be like, four hours suck, I'm like, Keep going. I'm, I'm almost there. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't stop. give a fuck. Hopeful. I was hope always had the. I, I'm a very half, you know, glass half full yeah. sort of guy. So I was completely fine. Just Mouth keep half empty. Just keep going. You know, to a hooker. Yeah. It's always. Oh, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, on a phone. Yeah. Hello. Like, yeah. And it actually did feel good back then when you were, when you're on coke. But uh, some isn't really sick about that. Oh then. well, it's look, but that's also what happened, man. Do you th did the cocaine start to get a little seedy? What were you guys getting? Were you guys getting some good stuff or not? Was the cocaine CD or was the actions as a result of the cocaine? Oh, dude, the cocaine. I mean, when I was doing cocaine, bro, we weren't even doing anything that good. No, dude. we were doing. I was we doing probably could have made it ourselves. We were you know? doing great cocaine. It was yeah. great. Yeah, I was where getting. Did it, where I had it? a connection at that from a guy at the airport was getting oh, it almost yeah. close to pure. You know, at the end, I had like a gigantic bag, like a kilo on my desk. And I, I couldn't go to fucking, I was like, out, I was like, Alpine with like fucking scoffing. Face was dude, really bad. Yeah. I used to have dreams I would take my head off, right? Put it in a dryer. Like a washing machine, like a dryer, throw a bunch of cocaine in there and put it on fucking permanent press. You're a sick fuck. You are a sick fuck. <laughs> I should do it. I never had that dream, and I really want to analyze you when you come on my podcast and <laughs> get to the bottom of that shit. Got some fucked up shit. But with me, it was like, you know, you know what it was with me? I, I have an issue with like regulating my obsessions. Yeah. Once I get started on anything, anything, business, tennis, drug use, cheating, I'm, I have to be the best at it. Gotta do it. I just go for it and I fucking perfect it, bring it to a new level. So it's addiction, right? Yeah, it's addiction yeah, yeah. to it's some sort. Yeah, and I and my 
use of, I say, Volvo's Quaaludes right. was really the defining thing for me in terms of drugs. And, and uh, I just it was fucking great. I mean, thank God they're illegal. Thank God you can't find them. Really? Because, oh, my God, they were just too good. How yeah. good were they, you think? Better than you could. They were so good that imagine, like, it's like bliss fucking condensed into, like, a one cc mainline for like and here's the best part no hangover afterwards what that was the part so you'd be high as a fucking kite yeah. and, you'd, and then you oh, yeah, yeah come here come back so you could like actually do it like have a high between 7 and 8 a.m go to the office at 9 30 <laughs> you get you could, it was really fucking weird you know? dude uh, some guy got so fucking high one time he was on whatever these shitty pills are now all these fentanyls and all of that's that. fucked up this dude tied his fucking arms together in a knot broke both of his arms how crazy is that who did that? A guy I know, a white guy. A white guy? Yeah. He must have some fucking long rubbery arms. To fucking oh, do. I don't know what he's got, but I'm just saying the pills are different now. Now this is the kind of shit people are doing. At least in your pills, people went to work from 7 to 8 a.m. Yeah, so fentanyl, is, fentanyl, of course I've done fentanyl. I mean, you know, I've tried everything, but fentanyl. Yeah, who do we think? You're Christopher Robin? Of course you like, like is like Fentanyl, the shit kills you because yeah. it's very depressive on your respiration. It makes you stop breathing. So I'd, I'd have to speak to this guy to analyze how he was able to get that high in fentanyl <laughs> and, and not die and put his arms together. I could see how he couldn't feel his arms being broken into pretzels, but that's a fucking one for the record books, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was kind of an artist before that. So okay. he's always, I guess he explains it, you know? Yeah, he's been always kind of a wild guy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other things that I really want to think about. Oh, and man, talk ask about me anything. You. I'm, I'm not, you know, you can, I have no, nothing is off limits. Did you guys, I've always had this crazy fantasy that you guys like did this sex trick where like somebody would like, you'd have a woman who would like be like downstairs with her legs open. Right. And somebody would jump off of a balcony or something with an erection and try to land in the woman. You are a sick fuck. <laughs> I'm just trying to visualize the possibility of success. I'm I'm doing how fat would the woman have to be? How thin would the guy? How long? I never tried it, and you'd have to have a lot of like safety features set up here because we no, it's interesting because we did try that stuff. Like the you know all the things that you saw, and then you, it was always like we tried to think it out. Okay, like what things do we have to do to what can we the, do here? To pull, pull, or to pull this shit off? Yeah, like we don't want people to get hurt or anything. Right, we do want to see insane happenings, like you know. But it wasn't like the Roman. It was like the Roman Colosseum. We didn't want death, really. We wanted it just to be some maiming, but no death, no permanent, no permanent things, you know. Yeah. So, um, but that would be a tough one, I and mean, we never really tried that one. Um, but I like, I'd like to observe it just to see it, like someone else do it. Yeah, just, you know, check it out. You got a lot of young, you know, you see a lot of young trend these days. A lot of young kids who are trying to become famous. Um, they'll 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 key into this idea of like the movie Jack, the Jackass, trying yeah. to. Crazy stunts, right? So maybe you could share that with some of them, and more. someone will try that. I'm sure. Yeah, try to break their necks. Yeah. yeah, everybody's, um, everybody's at a level now where it's like, um, can like, you yeah. top this? But can you, you know, top yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think we've reached like kind of like a crescendo in a way? No, you know, not even close. They've been saying that since the 1800s. You know, I think I, I gotta check the year. I think I, it was either 1892, 1907. The U.S. Patent Office said we're gonna close. Because everything that's been invented has already been invented. Mm. I'm not even making that up. They thought all inventions had been now been made. We can close the patent office. It was before electricity. <laughs> Did you ever get roped into like a bad business that you wish you hadn't have gotten into? Yeah, like a million of them. More, more bad than good. Like, I've failed far more than I've succeeded. You know, and that's most successful people. Is you always end up in these bad. You don't think they're bad when you try them. They just end up turning bad for whatever reason. And uh, 
the idea either was flawed from the beginning or your execution was flawed in some way. And, you know, you try to pivot as quickly as you can, as often as you can. And sometimes you just can't, and you're just going to shut it down. What's like a shit, what's like a shit thing you got involved in? What's like one of the worst things you ever got involved in? Worst thing I ever got involved in was a chain of dollar stores. Uh, Back in the craze in the 90s, everything for dollar stores, right? Yeah, yeah. And my daughter was just about to be born. I was like half in, I was like, not really, my head wasn't really in the game, you know? And so I was like, oh, I got this great deal for you. It's a, these these dollar stores are about, they're a little bank, they just need a few million bucks. There's 54 stores, they're public. You could take over the float of the stock. I was like, I came for a pretty reputable source. I was like, all right, fuck, I'm a three million, I'll do it. It ended up being a fucking black hole. Probably cost me $20 million and a lot of aggravation. Really? Yeah. At what point do you realize that like an investment is just an aggravation? And at some point you just need to cut your losses and find a way to get out of something. Like I've even noticed like I've invested in like, like, you know, like bought into a building with some friends. We couldn't decide what to do with it. And at a certain point I'm spending half of every day just arguing. And at some point the stress that it's taken on me is just erroneous, you know? So at some points I'm realizing like I'm going to lose, you know, I'm going to lose my entire investment and probably double what I've invested. But at some point, I just have to get out of this and cut my losses. Yeah, I, I think that typically in those situations, the biggest loss is not even uh, money. It's the time and the aggravation. It stops you from doing something else. So, you know, very often people, and this is, we all go into businesses, those who are entrepreneurial, we try something that seems like a real winner on paper. But there's something about the dynamics, the way it plays out in the real world where it just doesn't quite work out. It happens all, more often than not, right? There's just something with the market or the marketing, something something happens, right? And then you have this, this fork in the road where you could say, you know, am I going to cut my losses and move on or am I going to keep trying to make it work? And that's the, really the ultimate question for an entrepreneur, right? And, you know, for me, it's, you know, I have a certain sort of discipline of like, you know, I'll give it, I'll do three or four pivots over six months. I'll set my losses at a certain amount. But, but, and also just some of it's feeling, you know, I, I have a, it's time to, to say no, right? But what I see a lot is, and what really hurts people's entrepreneurs, they get emotionally attached mm. to their ideas. So when any other rational person would say, dude, just shut the fucking thing down because you're wasting so much time. It's aggravating you so much. If you just directed this much energy to a different idea, you'd already be rich. Mm. So that's what you have to be really more careful than an exact formula. There's no exact formula to pinpoint that moment. But, you know, it's, it's again, if you keep trying to pivot change your approach and it's just not working it's like six months you've got to take a good look at it do you think since you express also that you like have the ability to feel kind of like gullible sometimes you know do you think that if you feel like you got kind of tricked or convinced into something that didn't pan out um do you feel anger at the person or the entity that led you to that or do you just feel like, oh, I should have known better. I should have figured this out differently. Um, At this point in my life, I'm not getting tricked into anything. Right. In other words, if I'm getting, if it turns out that it didn't work, it's not because it was because the other person was gullible too. Yeah. I'll see through a bad idea really quickly, but I could be wrong as well. A lot. I could be wrong. Just I thought it looked good, but but it's not like someone's going to pull the wool over my eyes like that. Um, I'm a little bit older and wise than I than I once was and I I'd like to think at least that I'm not saying I'll be right. Yeah. But I don't think it's like someone's gonna just trick me. That that's not that'll take a pretty tough tough gig right now. Yeah, I'm just thinking like if so if you were like able to like, you know, back in the day whenever you guys were um 
you know, when you had your uh, brokerage. firm brokerage, yeah, when you guys were selling stuff to people, did, if you were also like a gullible person, did you ever think like, man, these people are more gullible than me, or I can? Re-? Did it give you an ability to relate to those people? No, no, it's just that you know we call really wealthy people. And, you know, it was really about they were very rich. They were investing all over the place. It was another place they were f- throwing their money at. Like, it wasn't so you like, guys weren't calling, like, a lot of moms and nah, pops? No, it was none. Zero. None. Right. No, they, you could, wasn't allowed. Why, why would we? We You know, we were only targeting ultra-wealthy oh, people, people in their money, right? Yeah. So, um, so I, and I said that, like, not because I'm saying, like, it wasn't because we were so ethical. It was just like, why would you? Like, right. You know, it, was, it was, the ethics was built into the system. Like, don't call anyone that's not totally rich because they're not going to be able to invest enough money. Right. So we didn't, right? And it was a self-regulating system like that, right? Um, it wasn't really that. It was more about, like, you know, you're, I was in awe how people would simply trust to send millions of dollars in over the telephone. Wow without even meeting their broker. Now, remember, this is before the internet. You couldn't even track the stock, right? But it was happening all over Wall Street, right? I just you couldn't pref- even track it. There was even a website you could then get off the phone and no. log you into. You watch it in the newspaper the next day and see. So they had this shit called cuffing quotes where you'd actually, the guy, hey, where's my stock? Oh, it's a six and a half. It was like six. Yes. <laughs> People would lie all, there was no way to check. It was crazy. Um, and um, that's crazy. Yeah, so that, that part so was, was much more. There, there was much more of an art to selling back in the day. Like these people now, they're. Uh, I mean, they're doing it. This is easy to do it with the computers and everything. You guys had to do it. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say it's easier, but what's happened? It takes less finesse. How about though? this? Well, well, the the point is, what's happened is you sell a lot now through email. You sell through video. So what happens is you can you use other mediums to deliver the same message. And what happens when you're delivering on video, you're playing both sides of the back and forth and you have these little loops you're putting in your video. So the same situ- the same rules apply right now. It just to me makes it easier today than it once was. I see. The same rules apply and a great salesperson will still always reign supreme. And at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, if you really want to get someone to spend more than a thousand or so, you gotta speak to them on the phone. So there's a limit to what at least today what people will send you over mm. the internet. What do you, when you th- when you look at guys like these guys Gary Vaynerchuk and uh, Zita, uh, what's that guy who reads the book a day? Oh, it's a Ty Lopez. It yeah, these 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 guys are these guys monkeys. Are these guys legitimate? Gary's legitimate. G- legitimate guys. Gary's legitimate. Ty is legitimate. Yeah, I, I think he started off. See, I res- I'll tell you, I respect Ty. I respect Ty because he started off probably not, but he fucking skilled himself up. That's all you could ever ask of someone. Mm. Like if they, what makes someone a scumbag is when they start off putting themselves out there, and they're not the real deal. But you gotta really give someone credit to that. But if they're gonna not then skill themselves up and become the real deal, so Ty evolved himself. Whether he reads a book or then, I don't really know. But, yeah, that but, seems but, crazy, but, though, because you got to surra- have fast but, eyes. But he surrounded himself with people like Alex Mayer, brilliant NASA scientist. So Ty surrounded himself and built a net. You get it? So With all, killers, yeah. So my hat's off to him. Gary's are, is a real player. Gary's not. But though you name two legit ones. It's like a million illegitimate ones. Right. You know, like, I mean, more than you could fucking count. Yeah, I don't even know some of the ones that are out there. Nick, do you know any of those guys that are out there? Uh, we had a question where a guy named one. Uh, okay. Semi-related. Let's go to that. And this actually came from uh, UFC veteran Alan Belcher. Let's say you were in a UFC fight. I don't know. Maybe saying you were you were going to fight Grant Cardone. You, uh, how would you sell that fight? That's really funny. 
Well, I think I think Grant has done a really good job because somehow he's managed to create a controversy between me and him when none exists. Mm. Like he posted, put some really strange. I listen. So I up until about a year ago. I was completely disengaged from my brand. I was working at one company, a major company that had retained all my services, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of disconnected from the whole training and everything in it, right? And then over this time, I guess Grant was building up his business and like, and when I got back into it, my son works, my son's very much into social media and he really manages the aspect. So Grant posted some video, like started trash talking me. I was like, I'm like, who's Grant Cardone? I don't even know who the guy is. He's yeah. like, like saying stuff about me. I was like, what the fuck? So my son then posts something that allegedly was from me saying, like, dude, blah. And all and when he did that, Grant, all his people were like, dude, I don't know why you're saying that because I've been through his system and it's better than yours. Yeah. Like, if you look at his own page where he said People it, are saying that. On his own page, not my page. Right. And I and I and I heard I knew it was out there for like a year. I never did a fan and give a fuck. Okay, you know, so when you're in the top, people always say shit about you, right? But then my son started made some comment, like some really funny comment back. Because my son's a great troll. If he's got to be, he'll just kill you. You know, he's really yeah. he's really sharp like that. And then it was like everyone's like ooh, ooh, you know. But it was like I said, the funny thing is, if Grant really is taking it seriously. He doesn't know he's fighting with a 21 year old. Oh, he thinks he's fighting with <laughs> right. you. But anyway. He's probably a really good guy. He probably said it for his own reasons at the moment, trying to do whatever he was trying to do. He probably wishes he could take it back, I'm sure, right? right? But he actually is coming on my podcast. Oh, wow. Like, I, someone reached out to him. Like, so he'll be know. on soon. Yeah, so I, like, I, I have nothing against Grant Cardone. But if you had to fight him, though, how are you going to sell that oh, fight? Well, like I said he did a good because he created controversy like we actually hate each other. I'd play up the fact that there's just tremendous fucking hatred and one of us is not leaving this ring alive. Yeah. Someone's going to fuck call the fucking ambulance, call the fucking, Marie, call the fucking national fucking guard because I promise you are not, I am fucking training for this shit. <laughs> With my last fucking dying breath, you are not leaving this fucking ring alive. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. And he'd be like, yeah, you're already fucking dead. I already have your fucking death. <laughs> I've been training with fucking Hoist Grayson. Think of you. Do you? Is there? You know, they have this fight out there that um, Tom Cruise and Justin Bieber may fight. Did you see this? Yeah, I think that was a joke though. So Justin Bieber said that Tom Cruise would kick his ass, right? Which I'm sure is true. But I, I think th- Justin Bieber's pretty cool, by the way. Right. Yeah, he no, gets I, a bad rap. I think he's a cool guy, right? right? No, I think he. I think yeah. He, yeah. I think he seems like a neat. He yeah. seemed like a like a special. I think Tom dude. Cruise would kick his ass. He does all his own fucking. Do stunts. you? Dude, plus you know you know Tom Cruise is a Scientologist, right? Right. So is Grant. Oh, Grant they're Cardone. fucking, they're fucking. Like, I, I might if I dis, I might just die. I might just disappear or something if it like if it went the wrong way that fight. So I'd, I'd probably get a, uh, something before like a do- pile of dog shit on my lawn. Let him win. You know? <laughs> but what if Tom Cruise and Justin Bieber fought him? I think Tom Cruise would kill him. You do? Yeah. Oh wow. I think Justin Bieber thinks so too. Oh, I think Bieber. I think Bieber could. I, I, I think uh, Justin could take him. Probably. Really? Yeah. And Bieber of, said because Justin has that. I mean, you got to think if he's what twenty five years old. I understand. I know, but as Justin said, he's got that dad strength. Right. That's what Justin's. And then also, he does all his own stunts. He's fucking pretty built, Tom Cruise. Yeah. I, you know, I always wondered this. Do you think any of that shit is true? Does any of it carry into real life when these guys train for the fucking shit? When they like, when they could do all this, this or right? Or are they just doing it for two weeks and then who knows? Right. right. We is don't it, know. No, but like, does I, I bet you some of them become proficient at it because you have to. They train. They'll put you with like a top Navy SEAL or a guy with Krav Maga. So it's not like you know when you go in 
and, and in that situation, it's not going to be where you're just going to leave without any skills. And if right. you're the sort of person that just, hey, I like that shit, I'm going to actually keep doing that. I'm going to keep doing I it. I bet you know, a lot of those guys ended up becoming experts. Well, I, I just wonder how long that training is, how proficient people are in it. You know, I know in some cases it's fucking long and very proficient. I think, like for instance, I'll give you an example. Like uh, I read an article recently about um, in Saving Private Ryan, Steven Spielberg made every actor go through fucking boot camp, like the most hard, disgusting, freezing cold, hellish boot camp. And every actor, including Vin Diesel himself, Damn. said, "I." They all made a petition that fuck it, we're out, except for one actor. Who said, you pussies, you stay. You know what it was? Tom Hanks. Really? And they were like, fuck, if Tom Hanks, the fucking number one great great actor, we all pussies. And they all He's fucking stayed. Stay and he stayed. Tom Hanks got them all to stay. And they all said it was the best experience of their life. Wow. I was respected Tom Hanks a lot after that one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, uh, like, having spent time in Hollywood and stuff now, do you find that, do you think Hollywood is, like, the biggest shit salesman of them all? Or in what, what do you sense? Think? Just, like... I mean, they just use, I mean, it's just, it's so unreal a lot of times. I time. think when Hollywood gets it right, they really get it right. And I think when they get it wrong, they really get it wrong. And I think that they're also in a situation where there's such a voracious appetite for content that by default, you're going to be really wrong a lot because you end up with this lowest common denominator content. You just have to keep punching out content. It almost becomes like how much shit can we throw against the wall to get a hit? Mm. And I think that, and that's almost like when Netflix still invest in a lot of stuff and then just, you know, one thing, bam, then we'll keep, you know, that's why they have one season of pilots or one season and they, they'll do a short fort thing. If people like it, then they'll expand on it. But I don't think there's anything fundamental. I don't think, listen, I don't think Hollywood attracts the smartest people. In other words, I think they track, oh, the, most, they track the most creative people. They attract dreamers, creative, yeah. So all levels. But I don't think it's necessarily the smartest people and the greatest sales people, the great companies, the sustainable, they will bring in people who are great at that and make sure they don't put the wrong guy running the studio. That's so uh, the ones that do great, like this guy, Kevin Feige, from, from uh, you're running the whole Marvel. I never met the guy's a fucking genius. Yeah. He, he has to be because you could not have that level of success and not be a genius at, right. at what you're doing. Do you do you think that in looking back and meeting different like CEOs and people that are running different groups or the people that are successful, they there's there's at a certain point there's you know it's not just luck you don't think I don't think it's ever luck I don't think it's ever luck for sustainable situations anyone can get lucky for a short period of time so when it's sustainable uh, I just did a you know Logan Paul yeah kid right people would say oh what the fuck he's no dummy that he's a smart no. he's a smart kid. And when you really talk to him, okay, you'll see the strategy. So, yeah, anyone can go on and do a couple of backflips and crazy shit. Yeah. But when you really sit down and talk to people who are really killing it, it's very like, you know, you think Kim Kardashian is stupid? She's fucking brilliant. How could you not be and stay on, stay relevant for that long? Right. Anyone could get it once, but sustainable, you got to be smart. Yeah. And hardworking. We got a uh, question that's uh, right here. Let's check this out. What up, Theo? What up, Jordan? Gang, gang. Um, just a quick question for Jordan. Um, were there any like fallacies in the movie that you wish wouldn't have made it in there? Or on the flip side, if you want to go the other direction, is there anything that you guys might have gotten into in real life that couldn't make it into the movie because of uh, you know Hollywood rules? So on the first one, there's, there's a couple of things in there, obviously, right? Like that, um, 
He doesn't see where I punched my wife in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And never, I never lifted a hand to my wife like that. In one violent- Did you ever shake her a little probably? Yeah, no, yeah. I was like, oh, you had one, my last, I got to tell her, we were on the stairs and I kicked out while I was, she was trying to stop me from like killing myself. I was, you know, uh, overdosing, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like I turned around and went, walk. It was, and it's a, it's a very different thing. Very different. So in fact, when we, we took- I'm not saying the first one was good, but it's not the same thing, right? Not the same and thing. when the movie came out, we, my ex-wife, we, you know, we took our kids together to see the film. And we said, listen, this is not true. We never did. This is true. We did. This is what. So we just told our kids what was there, you know, what was true, what was not true. That was one thing that viscerally bothered me because I would never do that. Um, I think that the biggest thing that happened there that was untrue, that was problematic for me in terms of like, the message it sent, two things. One was that there's a scene when... I walk into that little firm and it's like a dilapidated hole in the wall and, mm-hmm. and there's obviously something wrong there. And, and Leo, as me, looks at the magic, goes, is this, is this legal? And the guy goes, well, you know, you think that's not what they said to me. They said, of course it's legal. I mean, if someone had said to me, well, I, I'd run out the door. And I think the reason that bothers me is because I think it's important that people understand that today, for kids that are just going out into the workforce, just because a company is operating somewhere doesn't mean it's legal. In other words, there's all these companies out there, small amount, but many out there that are totally doing the wrong thing, ripping yeah. people off, and they'll say to you, oh, yeah, it's totally – Dirty people. You yeah. got to use your own fucking gut and say that something doesn't add up and then you know check it out further. But it wasn't like someone just said to me like, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's perfect. No, they were like they, – they said it was like perfect, not like, you know, well, you know, I'd run out. So that yeah. was one thing. Another thing was – um. You know, it was, the way it was like that, I walked in like I was a lily white sort of, you know, great guy. And then the next scene, I'm snorting coke in a strip club. Yeah. That didn't happen. It took two years. I understand why Scorsese did it. You know, this time collapsed. But I think it would have been better to show my slow descent. So those right. are some of the things, you know. Do you miss uh, like strippers and stuff like that or that type of environment? Or no. do you feel like you probably got all of it you could, huh? Got my fill. Thank God. Oh, yeah, I mean, I got my fill. And uh, my life is so much better now. Yeah. So who who was the greatest stripper you ever met, you think? Well, you know, it was one, I would say the greatest. There's one stripper I, I tried to marry after, like, when, as I was overdosing. Oh, yeah. And I went down to Florida. Oh, yeah. And I was, about, it was right before they put me in the loop. Tampa bit. or not? It was my, it was Delray Beach area. Oh, right? yeah. All right. I think it was solid gold. Oh, lizards around My name there. was Blaze. And, and I, I didn't even know this, but I, I actually put her on the phone with my mother. So I want to meet my new wife, please. And she's like, hi, hi, Mrs. Belfort. And I didn't remember until I wrote the book. I sent my mother the chapter. She's a really great reader, you know, writer. So she was analyzing my pages. And she's like, honey, you forgot about Blaze. Who you put on. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my. You didn't even remember, yeah, huh? Blaze was hot. And then once I remembered, then I slept to remember, yeah. And what is it? Like, what kind, of, what, what kind of woman really gets you, you think? Do you think what kind of woman is really your type of woman? My current wife is my is the best. Great answer. She's it. She's no. She's great. She's like listen. She's gorgeous. Um, Where'd you meet her? Soccer mom. Oh really? On the field. Yeah. Were yeah. you betting on the games? I was. It was, was my kid's game. And have you ever bet on your child's game? No, but I was like almost thrown off the field a bunch of times for like saying, "Fucking goalie's a hologram. Get him off the fucking." You know, I was like, my son was a good soccer player, and some of the parents are the worst. We're the worst sports ever. It's just it's as bad as it is. They make that in the movies. It looks like it's just bad on the field. Did you start to look forward more to being a parent on the side of like it's also? It, it was like- my favorite thing in the world to watch my kids play soccer. I would get so emotionally invested. I'm like, "Fucking, what's wrong with this kid? He sucks." It was like I was I was terrible. 
And and half of the other parents were just as bad. Wow. But me with my New York accent, it's like, oh, it was yeah. really, Steps really it up bad. And my ex-wife was just as bad. You know, give him a titty twister, give the titty short. It got really vicious. And soccer's like that. Yeah. Soccer's the most vicious sport for parents because it's fast moving. There's no fucking it's it's I I've seen parents, I, I I shit you not, I've watched a father, okay, tackle a girl yeah. that was running a five year old girl about to score running out and tackling the girl and getting the taken away in handcuffs. Oh. He ran, it was, it was, his daughter was the goalie. And this one superstar, was like five or six, was about to score for like yeah. the eighth time. He ran on and tackled her. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that, dude. We need that kind of stuff. And here's a young fella. Real quickly, how old are your kids now and what are they doing? Daughter is 25. Oh, wow. Just graduated grad school and NYU grad school. She's a psychologist. She's getting a master's. And, uh, but she's starting to practice psychology now in the city, in New York. Um, and she's awesome. She's brilliant. She graduated like top of her class, 3.9 average. Mm. My middle son, Carter, okay, he's a rapper. Just He's an unbelievably brilliant rapper. Mm. Okay, stuff's amazing. He's a poet, and he's going to be more famous than I ever was. And my youngest son, Bowen, works with me. Bowen is his name? Bowen, Bowen, yeah. Bowen, Bowen works oh. with me. And Bowen runs like my runs a lot of my business, and he's an amazing businessman. He's 22. He's, he just kills it. My daughter might be 26 now, actually. She's 26. And did, um... Fuck, my daughter's... Oh, my God, I'm so old. Is she 26? She's 95. We're getting older fast, yeah. huh? She's 26. Oh, no, she's 25. No, she, she's about to turn 26. Yeah. And are, uh, are your children married or no? My daughter will probably be the first. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say it, but my, I, I can't say it. Anyway, let's go. Is he a nice guy? Oh, he's wonderful. I love him. Yeah. Yes. Have you, she had boyfriends that you weren't into? One. One, he was just, uh, he was a bit, my daughter's beautiful, very pretty, mm-hmm. and the sweetest child. Like, she just always was the best. Everyone loves my daughter. She's a great grandchild. She's a great friend. She's really just a wonderful person. Uh, and she had one guy that just was a little bit too self-important for my, but she's always chosen some, you know, not good guys. Do you think that ever, anybody ever dated your children to try to get close to you, to meet you, or to? You know, I, I think my, um... My my kids, my I have my boys probably use it to their advantage when they can. Yeah. My daughter was never in short supply of guys that wanted to date her, so I, right. I would think it would just be a long line. Like She's I'm very, a wolf cub of Wall Street. Yeah, maybe? yeah, yeah, yeah. She well, she I think she had some issues for a very short time. She was single, and I think she had a couple of times where she made the mistake of actually because the guy was a good looking guy. She maybe she went out on a date with someone that turned out to just was like oh, she was a conquest because she was my daughter or something mm. like that, you know. But she learned pretty quickly. Uh, let's take this question from this young man or woman. What's up, Theo? Brother. What's man. up, Mr. Belfort? I got a question for you. If both of you were in your prime Coke consumption days, how long would an ounce of Coke last if it were set in front of you right now? I was good for seven grams a day. So how would you be good for? I don't know how much an ounce is, dude, but I'm I can. I'm talking snorting it, not smoking it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. never smoke it. That's terrible, yeah. I would say probably. 28 grams in an ounce. There's 28 grams in an ounce? Yeah. So, how much is an ounce like if it's in this? It's like a, it's like one of those plastic baggies, like this much in a plastic baggie. Okay, so plastic baggie like that? Not like this. Like you know, like, like a sandwich bag? And it's full? No, it's like this, like this. About a half inch full or something? Yeah, like it weighs an ounce. Right. Weighs an <laughs> That's ounce? That's why they call it an ounce. Oh, yeah. 28.3 grams. How long would an ounce last me? Jesus Christ, dude. I would probably, if I was really enjoying myself or it was like kind of a festive time of year. I would say maybe, um, I don't know, probably two days maybe. 
So 14 grams a day, really. I mean, this was like on a weekend. I wasn't doing like a... By yourself? That's a lot of coke. I mean, I would... Yeah, I mean, I would probably be close to dying. I would be laying in do you bed have, with do you ice. Any, do you have any holes in your Any problems with your nose at all? No, dude. I just have a... I have a lot of space in my nose for coke. Me, yeah, yeah. I have a little bit extra space myself. Yeah. Dude, what did you... That shit don't grow back either. Bro, the craziest part about uh, doing coke was just like... Did it make you into a sexual deviant? It made me, I would just kind of touch myself and look at the internet, and then I couldn't get an erection, and then sometimes I would like... Not, you, no one could get an erection except your one man. What was his name? Sam Triple. Sam Triple is a fucking legend. This oh, guy. bro, he used to get paid to travel around town on coke and I, fuck I, people. I, I can imagine, because it's an amazing feat, I mean, by the way. 4 a.m., he would do his this best guy work. This guy, he should be studied by fucking scientists, <laughs> oh, yeah. when he just cut open his penis and his fucking blood system down there and figure out what the fuck is wrong with it, you know? Did you uh, did you ever tie anything to the sides of your wiener to whenever you were high to try and continue to have sex or to prop your penis up? Who would try to do that? Why only when I'm high? Well, I mean, I just think because when you're high, if you're if you're actually yeah, but why not do when you're straight too? Yeah, because then you're gonna be able to keep your wiener up. Yeah, but still, it's fucking, I've done everything. I'm a fucking sick fuck. Yeah, and anyone who denies being a sick fuck, I think you're full of shit. Human beings are depraved animals, especially human males. Okay, yeah. I'm just bold enough to admit I'm a depraved animal. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm on depraved, and off right? coke, just off cocaine. I will never. I would never ever cheat on my wife. I never right. would. And I would when I'm on coke. Who knows? I, I wouldn't say I won't do it because it oh, makes I'll me, cheat on this. It, plan. it, it on the plan it makes me into a depraved fucking yeah. lunatic. You know. Oh, cocaine. I'll get a. Fucking... And the dirtier, the better. The more yeah. disgusting, the better. Oh yeah. It's ugly. Oh, dude. I uh. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. Some things are best left unsaid. Because I mean, you know. I mean. Listen, yeah. you know, People I have the, the picture. I have the benefit of of having a movie that's basically desensitized the world <laughs> to point. what my I'm possibly capable of, right? But even still, there were some things and one of the questions that they did leave out of the movie was the bachelor party. Mm-hmm. The level of depravity was just so extreme that you know, I think people are still missing from like 20 years ago. <laughs> and they had a lot more Bush and stuff back then too, didn't they? They did. A they, lot of they, women. They did, and I prefer a little bit myself. Yeah. I don't think I don't like the whole you know, shave completely thing. I feel like I'm like uh, robbing the cradle or something. Yeah, you feel yeah. like a pedophile. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a little shady. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, what about this? Do you um, do you see guys out there today, do you get jealous of like the kind of the younger generation, like when it comes to like dating and their opportunities for like dating on apps and stuff like that? Or are I, you, you know, kinda... it's a good question. I think it's a mixed, ba- on some level, I can imagine like, fuck, all this shit online. Um, but you know, it kind of sucks that you can't go to a bar anymore. My friend, everyone's scared to get like in, you know in trouble or me tooed or that's fucked up. You know, I mean, like I've had, a, I had my son's friends, like he got me tooed. He almost yeah. lost. He almost got thrown out of yeah. uh out of um Stanford for that for a girl, and he was totally it was bullshit. And and thankfully he got a, you know it got, it got righted. But it's dangerous out there for kids. They can't. You can't like used to be the best place to meet a girl was in the workplace. Yeah. And that was it. And people would fall in love. And my wife always says that she loved it because when she was, my wife's not young. She's, you know, she's 52, right? She's um, she's the most beautiful 52-year-old you ever met, right? She sounds hot to me, she dude. She's hot. And, and, and I she, would meet her if you passed, yeah. you know? Yeah, you and half of the, the town, right? And would you let me take her on a date if you passed away? Um, I would. I'm a nice her, guy. All, all I would want her is to be happy. Yeah, that's all I'd want for her is if I passed away. Okay, but I don't think she would because she's she's not she's very she's like an indoor cat. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's not, she's the sort of person that she likes to be alone more than be with other people. She knows, for example, you would be, have to remarry because you just can't be alone. I don't know if that's true, but it's maybe partially true. Yeah. Um, I won't do it. I mean, I won't, I won't even try to talk you know, to her. Dude, you can do whatever you want, man. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do anything. I don't know why I even said this. This is fucking <laughs> but hopefully, awkward. No, now. but if I pass, but, are you married? 
Uh uh-uh. uh. You're not. Have you ever been married? Uh uh-uh. uh. You have any kids? Uh uh-uh. uh. Really? How old are you? I'm 39. Fuck. So I'm an adult, but I don't Dude, think you're shooting blanks at. Oh no. Or, or... I don't think so. I just haven't really tried to get the kid yet. Hmm. You know, I think about it. I just, you know, just have a lot of work to do. Still, I feel like I still feel a little bit unsettled. Maybe. A little bit. You know, yeah. You get your shit together. Huh? Yeah, I think it's coming along. We're getting close, you know. Sometimes I feel I can feel a kid in the back of my nuts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Aching to come out and show himself. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Um, let's get some more questions that came in, Nick. Yeah, we had some Patreon <sighs> questions too. Come on. Some Patreon questions. Uh, so they, these are just written ones from the fans. Uh, Young P says, what did friends and family that you know more personally have to say about the movie? Did they think Leo did it justice or was he off? Oh, people people genu- generally love the movie and the portrayal. Yeah, I, I would find, you know, some people, oh, you were even better on this because they probably want to ingratiate themselves. Yeah, Leo did an amazing job. He should have won an Academy Award for it. So. Yeah, I can't believe that he didn't. Yeah. Do people then think you were in other movies too? Like they're like, I saw that movie. Uh, <laughs> what's the one where he's the airline pilot? Oh, yeah, yeah, cash if you can. Yeah, does he think, like, are they sometimes like, oh, wow, I saw you in that movie where you get busted for the airline. Last week, I was in um, (laughs) Australia, right? And um, my son was graduating from college. He went to college in Australia, right? We all flew down there. And I get into a cab, and there's a woman, the woman in the cab, she's a lady, it's an Uber, She's got to be in her late 50s, and she's wearing like a sleeveless muumuu type, and she's mm-hmm. got the extra like, you know, speed bag on the back of her arms. That sort of like doesn't mm-hmm. look to really have her shit together that in that deeper level. Like she's yeah. probably on the, on like, you know, I would say on the freaking uh, Stanford Binet IQ test, she probably was scoring just over 65. I'm guessing. Okay. The looks can be the scene. She could have been a rocket slice until about three minutes into the ship, she turns, she looks at me, she goes, Are you famous or something? And my son's like, yeah, he's very famous. And she's like, I knew it. She goes, what are you famous for? And my son goes, and he's like, oh, she was in the, a movie, uh, uh, The Wolf War. What? And, and and she finally said, no, Leo DiCaprio. 20 minutes later, she goes, the wolf of who? The Leo? I'm like, Titanic? Do you know him? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So and she couldn't quite grasp the concept. Just a muppet, huh? It's really <laughs> unbelievable. I, I, I we, we all it was the three of us. We walked up. Was that? Did that just happen? Like we couldn't quite. Can I have your phone number? Really? I'm oh, like, she yeah, might have been it's on drugs. Dial a joke, you know. And, 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 and she was sweet about, it, but it was like really odd. It was like she couldn't quite put together the whole thing that I wrote a book that became a movie, and the most famous movie star chose to play this thing. I'm not. A movie star. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> she couldn't catch that. Um, you know, I think that I appre- I appreciate my fans more than anybody. So I can't understand how you could possibly be famous, be outdoors, and someone asks you for a picture and you say no. Yeah. I can't understand how you could. I would take a picture with anyone because without your fans, you're nothing. Right. I don't get that. Right. And no matter how often, no matter how shitty I feel, even if in a rush, like, yeah, walk with me, okay? I never refuse anyone a picture because I think it's fucked up. Yeah. It's like without the people to love you or to respect you, you're nothing. Right. Right? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just wondering, you but know, everyone like. Knows, everyone knows it's it's me, like the wolf. It's a very clear, like, association that that's what it's about. You know? Right. Do you feel like you're famous for being 
a crook ever? Do you ever feel that? I think that in my in my earlier days, like if someone had asked me that question, well, you probably have no agenda for asking that to me. You really want to know how I feel inside, right? It would be easy for me in the early days of this journey to feel to have someone say and feel bad for five weeks about that. I'm like, fuck, people think I'm a crook. Yeah, right? I don't mean to. I know you don't. Okay, I know you don't. I know you don't. Hundred percent. You're just not that sort of person, right? It's a good question. Um, the answer is um, probably some people do, and I feel bad for those people because it's so much more than that. It's like so much more complex, and that's really just really not even giving. Scorsese, Lee, or life itself, a, a good enough look about what really happened. Right. So it's really about how those people view it. You know, listen, everything in life is just, it is what it is. And the meaning that we apply to something gives us our beliefs about that situation. If you're that fucking myopic, that that's your, t- good luck going through life. Cause that's, that's your, probably your view on everything that's mm. so black and white. So do you feel like you robbed from the, that you, do you ever feel like if you robbed that you robbed from the rich and gave it to the poor, did you ever feel like a, do you ever feel like that? I never, like a I, Robin never was, Hood? I never was deluded to think that it was right. Right. Okay. I clearly had 1000% justified that they're rich. So it's okay. Right. It's not okay. It's right. just not okay. But that was the rationalization. But I justify that sometimes in my head. Yeah, you do, you know? but it's not it's not right. But but you cer- it's certainly but by the way, again, there's no absolute right or wrong. On the scale of wrongness, taking a poor person's last dollars is like the worst fucking crime you could commit. A guy who's worth fifty million and he loses two hundred grand, that guy's gonna recover and probably should learn his lesson. I, I not to make it right, right, but they're very different things. But very different things. And that's and I and I hung on that for all, I hung on that rationalization for all it was worth to keep living my life while I was doing it. You yeah. Know? Well I'm sure at some point you probably couldn't stop, huh? Well, yes, but not for the reasons you might think. In other words, at a certain point, you almost you not that you lose sense of right and wrong. But your line of morality moves so profoundly, like mm. the things that you would once think were terrible, no longer everything becomes gray. And then you like feel like it was many times I felt like almost I was on this ship that had sailed, and I was like a, a passenger in a journey in my own life, and no longer empower my own decisions. That's wow. a cop out, but I felt like that. I really did feel like that sometimes. Do you ever throw like a bunch of money off a mountain or anything like that? More than that, I've I probably launched ten thousand. On one July Fourth, we took a stack of hundred ten thousand and launched it into the ocean on bottle rockets to celebrate July Fourth. One hundred ten thousand? A hundred? No, ten thousand and hundreds. I just for no fucking reason launched money into the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I'd like to have that money back now. Yeah. Wouldn't you? I mean. Oh, I'd love Why to. Why not, if, right? I mean, you know. Look, I'm going to keep the faucet running around here. I don't think we're that far from the beach. <laughs> do you, uh, how, what kind of, what type of savings do you have now? Do you have, did you save money away? Everything I had, I gave back and started again. Now, I'm wow. thankfully, I'm doing well. Were you worried at some point or did you always feel even like at the point, like at a certain point, do you realize I have this gift, I will always be able to survive? I always knew that. But I, it doesn't mean I didn't worry I right. still worry. I always worry. I worried back then. I worry now. My part of my strategy for success is worrying. I worry myself into action. Yeah, I'm a warrior by nature. So I wish I wasn't, but that's how I motivate myself and make sure I always get myself to do the things I have to do each day, even mm-hmm. when I don't feel like doing them. It's always easy to do what you want to do. I do what I don't want to do, and that's part of being successful and being an adult. And um, I worry not because I don't have money. Um, I, I don't I don't think it's about that anymore. It's much as about I'm building a business and a legacy and I employ a lot of great young kids who are really psyched about what we're doing. The one thing that this my business rep about 35, 40 employees and growing fast, right? Mm-hmm. I'll probably have a hundred by year's end, right? 
And the one common denominator is every single person in that company knows that every person we touch is getting the deal of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Everything is good. There's not. It's never about let's get. It's, it's all about giving value. We, we, we people love us. If you go to my wall, like the people who invest in my programs, I mean they they'll to, to buy. They're like. It's the results, ridiculous. Like, as I, I undercharge for stuff. Mm. I probably made a mistake with that in retrospect. It was a little too cheap because there is a, a, a natural sweet spot, which is fair for all sides. But the, the journey that we're on is, is about giving massive value and making money as a result of that, not the other way around. Do you ever think there'll be another movie made about you that kind of shows the back end of your life? Oh, you know. There was two movies made about me. So it was Boiler Room, mm-hmm. was based on my on my firm, which is a loosely based, and The Wolf of Wall Street. You know, I I couldn't imagine because I think my life is boring right now, relatively. And people would say, "You dude, your life is so crazy." Just, things keep, seem to. I'm one of those people. Things seem to happen to me. Like whatever I like, <laughs> I wrote a book. It becomes a fuck. Like what the fuck? When I let's just say that when it t- came out that Leo, everyone's like, it figures. So, like it was always like my, uh, it was like it figures that not I'm, surprised it's happening. And I, and I, you know, and I don't plan that shit. Yeah. I really don't. Who could? Um, I don't. I really doubt it. But you know, you never know. I mean, I'm on a great journey right now, and um, I think I have a lot. I think I have a lot to offer the world. I really do. And I think that uh, I, I think I got it figured out. I think my values right now are really perfectly aligned to make a lot of money as a result of giving massive value. And I think that, um, that's a, that's a, that's a cool thing. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think that's congruent with who I am. And I think that there's people that work for me right now, my son being one of my staff, many great staff members that are like partners in the company. I believe in spreading the wealth. I have a feeling they're going to push this far more than I ever would. Mm. And I'll be more of a figurehead on their journey and doing what they need me to do. Like, cause I didn't need to do a podcast. My son got me to do that podcast. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I love doing it, by the yeah. way. But I think that this is about um, the company's far beyond me right now. And my greatest hope is that people in there rise up and replace me. And I'm just, you know, he's I'm the guy they push out in a wheelchair. Everywhere. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. That would be amazing. Are you sober these days or no? Sober. I drink. Like, I never was a drinker. Right. So I would gladly have a glass of scotch. I'd probably take three sips. If you got lucky, I'd finish one shot. I would never do more than that. That's not who I am, right? I don't do drugs. Because yeah. I, and the only thing I don't do them, I'm not against them. Um, I lost the privilege. Yeah. Like drugs are like a privilege. You know, people can do it and responsibly and have fun because they are fun. But once you lose, once you cross over, you lose yeah. that ability. I cannot do them normally. That's the dark arts, brother. Yeah, right? You know? Yeah. It gets deep. Really deep. Yeah, boy. I'm not a nice person. Actually, I could be nice. I'm just not a good person. On, on Dude, one of my buddies yeah. would put on a diaper and go on the dance floor because he would I, shit himself I, I out there. I understand. And it doesn't seem like that irrational to me. It makes yeah. per- I think it's a prophylactic measure that makes good common sense. <laughs> yeah. It's respectful. Like, kudos to that. Yeah. It's better than shitting on the floor and fucking everyone else's night up. I don't put a fucking diaper on. I was like, Let's it's party. It's a good dude. What else we got, Nick? Any more questions on here that we want to go through? I think that's or do you want more? No, anything you want to ask? No, this was fun. This was well, fun. I think we're good, boy. We had a good, good fun time. I would love to hear you on his because he could pull some stories. Out oh yeah, let's. You. I want to come on my podcast. When can? Uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on my podcast. Yeah, I would love Dude, to come on there. Come man. down like next week or something, and we'll we'll, be, we'll just be crazy. It'll be great. You know? That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, I'll think of some good on, stories I, I that I've never shared beach, before. You, know? you do? Where, what town do you live in? I'm in like you know, Manhattan, Hermosa Beach. I'm right on oh, the ocean. Yeah. You see my whole company. You see my company's pretty cool. I got about about 50, 45 people working for me right now. Actually, 40, 45. And they're all in this one house. So I live on the ocean. I took the house right behind me 
and they're all there, and they're just the, the most awesome people. All millennials. People don't think millennials work hard. I don't know. My millennials are fucking animals. Really? Oh, yeah. They're, they're like just awesome, you know? Great staff. That's crazy. I have girls. I have young girls that work for me. They're so fucking sharp. Jesus. They're like fucking killers, these girls. They're dangerous, huh? Dangerous. I have one girl, you know, two, I have a two, like a duo, Rachel and, and me. You know, Rachel's like fucking a brainiac. She's really fucking smart. Love it. Mia's like, well, I'll fire the person. I'll fire the Man. I'm like, Mia, you have to, because she's head of like a whole department. Like, you want me to, oh, no, I'm fine with that. You know, she's they like, want to fire, oh, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, do you notice, okay, having these young millennials, these uh, these these millennial girls and stuff working for you? Do you notice a difference between them and women that were in your workplace previously? Or, you know, I grew up. My mother was a, a professional in the fifties, like in the Mad Men era. She was going down into the city and was like Peggy on steroids. My mother, wow. But she just didn't believe in making money because she didn't have to sell. She was a CPA and she has an IQ off the strategy. She became a lawyer when she was 79. My mother was the oldest woman to pass the bar in New York State. Um, so I it never, I would never ever look at a woman as being anything less than the equal of a man. Right. Because that's why I grew up. My mother was like that. Right, so right. I, 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 Same. But yeah, you did, but, but, I had a woman brokers at Stratton. But I think that, I think that just like, you know, the women, the, the young girls I have and the guy, guys that are amazing too, right? Right. They're amazing. Um, to me, I find that when you have a sharp girl, I think the female mind in some level is more organized yeah, on average. I agree. Just because of the way, the why, like hunter-gatherers versus killers, right? So guys are great at some things. And it's of course, this is just a big mesh mesh. There's always exceptions. Yeah, there's always exceptions, but, but I agree. I, I think women are overall really more organized. Girl. Like, these girls I have there, they're just like fucking that. They do shit I could never do. Like they 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 both came in at low levels and I, I rose them up like I mean, you're in charge of this shit you know because they're just great and my son is the spiritual leader of the all. He's just a brilliant young guy. I got a great crew. I'm lucky. Yeah, it sounds like it, man. You I sound do. really excited about that. I love them. They're great. And they work really hard. You know? Um, do you like to me? One of the scariest businesses these days seems to be the news, right? And do you feel that like it's changed a lot? Yes, yeah, it's a choke. It's not the news. It's fucking. It's I. Every night, like they used to have a well a care. It used to seem like they cared about our well being. Like it was some general care for our well being. It's, it's so fucking toxically terrible right now. You can go. I can go on for hours about this, but I mean, number one, the days of like Walter Cronkite, and oh fuck, I long for those days. Yeah. People on CNN, what a fucking joke. Oh. I mean, like they're saying shit like that. If you're gonna, my problem is not what they say. Yeah. Just say that you're not a new, you're an opinion journalist. And then, yeah. hey, dude, like Rachel Maddow, you're Rachel Maddow, you're a liberal. Good. Let's hear what you say. You're entitled to your opinion. And you could, t- you could say whatever you want because everyone knows that you're an opinion journalist. Right. That's who she is and that's healthy. Okay. Sean Hannity, the same thing. Yeah. He's making no illusions uh, uh, of who he is, right? Right. But when you, or Tucker Carlson, but if you're going to go out there and pretend you're like Don Lemon, whoever his name is on CNN, yeah. saying you're, that's not a journalist. Shame on him for that. That's not right. That is just not fucking right. And it fools people. They, because, you know, I'm not saying he's even right or wrong. Right. It's not nothing to do with that, but you're not a journalist. You're not speaking. Right. You're not a journalist. You're a Muppet at that point. Yeah, you don't have any. It's an agenda. There's yeah. A, it's just, uh, right. So, I, and I think it's terrible. It's and, scary. It's very scary. And I, and I think it's really sad. Listen, I voted for Trump. Okay. Mostly because I, and I, because I strongly believed in this economic policy and it turned out to be right because the economy is booming. Right. I don't love everything he says. I'm a really liberal guy. 
I think shockingly, he, I think he's really liberal too. He just doesn't know how to oh, explain. Oh yeah, I that. think yeah, I don't think he does a good job of explaining himself. It, it, and it, I think the media is not. And they kill kill no what he's They'll fucking kill him. If the guy discovered cancer, they say he discovered cancer, yeah. right? And let me just say because he's going to control all of us now. That he's discovered, so it's fucked. Okay, how crazy, you're never huh? going to die. Now you own your souls owned by Donald Trump. So it's, it's and listen, he's not all bad. He's not all good. He's Donald. He's no better or worse than any other politician. Oh, he's probably better because he at least he fucking says that she says shit. That I was like like. Fuck. Like actually- I think it's one of the reasons why he got elected exactly. is because he at least you knew who he was. Like a lot of people were like, oh, I know this guy's kind right. of a guy who <laughs> doesn't pay his contractors, right? I know he's that guy. He's that guy. But I other know- people are like, I don't know who that person right. is. There's some script that's been going on for hundreds of years. You got it. You know what he said? He said the best thing he's ever said was like, like when the Democrats were bashing him publicly while he's trying to negotiate with China. He goes, could you just lie so I can negotiate more effectively <laughs> with China? Pretend you like me. Like, you, do you realize how stupid you're hurting the country by saying all this shit out loud so they know in China? Just pretend we're all on the same side. For it. It's like fucked up. And it's and here's the thing: it's really not going to matter for you or I because they'll kick this can down the road for another 30, 40 years. But sometime, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen with a deficit because things are just you can't right. run a deficit like this forever. Forever, you can't. I don't know what's going to happen. And I wish, and I, and I think I'm a pretty smart guy when it comes to economics and financials. I can't, the only, listen, the obvious answer is to grow our way at, to become so successful economically that by lowering taxes, you become so successful that the tax base gets so massive that you can pay down the debt. I, I just don't see how that happens mathematically unless the currency we have got devalued so the dollar becomes cheaper. Or there's some currency reset, which case to be a global disaster because the U.S. is the global reserve currency. So if you, you know, it used to be a country could devalue their currency mm-hmm. to sort of offset. You can't do that as the U.S. because you're the global, you're the Right, the you're currency. the benchmark. And if there was a reset, there would be ramifications all over the place. I don't know the answer. Um and I don't know if anyone really does know yet, but it's a scary thing, you know. Yeah, it's oh, it's almost like traveling in outer space, really. It is, and if the fact that that um, you know, that he stands up to China, I love China. You know, China's a peaceful country. Yeah, I've been there. I love the people. That, yeah, I was there a couple months ago. Yeah, the best people ever, right? The what? best people but ever. They're, they're economic warriors, and you got to respect them. Oh, they keep cruising. They're fucking. Yeah, they don't just, give up. You, know, I said in, you 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 die in China, they make a soup out of you. They sell it to a couple you people, got and they keep cruising. Down and the it's street. all good. And it's, and all, it's good. all good. They there's love the, you. They're happier there, but that's it. Dude, that's it. They're so all just, about China. It's very, it's very tough to to compete. With with that, because you know they want they need to move it's like ten thousand people they need to build an electric dam, uh, plow the fucking place. Yeah, here it's twenty years of fucking lawsuits. Yeah, there's a distinct advantage, you know. So anyway, it's interesting, man. Dude, a lot you of have to come on my podcast. Cause a lot of red tape, last, a lot yeah. of red, white, and blue. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of red tape, man. <laughs> no, Jordan, I'd love to, man. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Yeah, cheers, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club. 
a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.